The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the show. We're excited to have you here listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and I am excited again about the show tonight. Based on the feedback from another show that I did on negotiations, I decided to continue to give insights, strategies, and tips on how to be more effective in this area of your our profession in sales and business. And again, the goal of our program is to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life in 2013 and beyond. And we're going to continue to bring you ideas, concepts, techniques, and tools to help you in that. So tonight's title is When Good Negotiations Go Bad. And we're going to continue to talk about and take you further into negotiations. If you did not hear the last show, I really recommend that you go catch part one. Uh, the title was Tough times don't last, but good negotiators do, and we're going to continue. And I want to start tonight by saying uh, what I said last time. The goal in being a good negotiator is not to worry about why you're negotiating that that person likes you. You much would prefer them to respect you than you would for them to like you. Well, what's the difference? Well, a lot of times as sales professionals, even as business professionals, our primary concern is to get people to like us. And in order to get people to like us, we'll give away the house, the farm, the boat, everything. They like us, but we didn't make any money. So without now what we want to do is get to the point where we make a reasonable profit. And people, if they respect you, they will do business quicker with you than if they just liked you. And we also have a tendency to like who we respect. So that's the premise. And what I said last time also was if you want to be the best negotiator possible, the way to accomplish that is to have a full funnel, a full pipeline of other opportunities. So this won't be as pressing. If you win this, this, if you win this opportunity, that's great. If you don't, you have other opportunities that look just like it. And I want to start by talking about the stages of negotiations. There are five basic stages of a negotiation. So I'm going to talk about the stage. I'm going to talk about the feelings that you have as you go through that stage. And I'm going to talk about key action steps to get you through that stage into the next one. And get your pad and your pen again because I'm going to be moving and I want you to be able to take good notes. And this is maybe something that you're going to come back and listen to again. But the first stage of negotiations is really called the pre-negotiation. 
And the the feelings most of us have during the pre-negotiation is uh, somewhat apprehension. There's a nervousness, and that's natural. All right. Some for some of us, there's even a fear. Uh, we're concerned about what if it doesn't go well. What if I forget what I'm going to say? Uh, and then for others, we get aggressive. It's kind of like we psych ourselves out. I'm not sure if you've ever seen a football uh, game where just before the football game, the players are hitting each other's helmets and hitting each other's so- shoulder pads like they're getting themselves psyched out for the game. Uh, <laughs> that's I've seen where people get aggressive, and that's not normally their nature. The key action step to help get through this is to prepare a strategy. My recommendation is you always have a strategy. Have it written down. Don't just have it in your mind because when things get hot or heated, if it's in your mind, you may lose it. You may forget it. But if it's written down and it's in your notes, you can take a look at your strategy and it tells you what you need to do now or what you need to do next. The next step or stage is when you actually enter into negotiations. The feelings many people will have is a little bit of anxiety. They will feel uh, some tension. All right. And that's common. That's natural. It's natural to feel some tension in negotiations. That's what negotiations is about. It's about tension. The key step to help get through The entrance is initially don't go straight to business if at all possible. My recommendation is that you establish some dialogue, somewhat light, you know, talk about what's going on in their company, talk about something that happened over the weekend, uh, if at all possible. Establish dialogue, all right? And then you want to set an agenda for what you want to accomplish during this negotiation session, all right? Third stage is what we call confrontation. At some point during the negotiation, there's going to be a a period where there's a a difference of opinion. There's a disagreement. You want one thing. They don't see it that way. They would prefer to have another thing. Uh, And at that point, this is when it can be very dangerous because this is when the stress builds up. Uh, I've seen people get angry. Uh, And this is where the frustration shows. Now, believe it or not, when many of us get stressed, we can see it. It can be seen in your face. Uh, It can be seen on your neck. Some of us get red blotches on our face or on our neck. In that case, if that's you, I recommend wearing a turtleneck. All right. Uh, People get angry. Sometimes it's a tactic. Because they know as sales professionals, we want people to like us. And if we sense that the customer is getting angry, we'll have a tendency to concede and give them what they want. All right. Or frustration. What we want to do at that point when there's the confrontation, now you're going to start unfolding your strategy. You're going to unfold your tactics. All right. Then the fourth stage is the turning point. It. It, it it seems like it's not going to happen. It seems like, man, things are getting bad right now. I need to just give them what they want. You, 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 you'll be amazed how close you are to uh, agreement when it seems the darkest. So at this point, the feeling normally is fatigue. You're tired. Uh, 
in negotiations, you truly have to have patience. And really, you have to have patience, enough patience to outlast the other person. And I've seen this a lot with salespeople. We just want to get this thing done so fast. We have a tendency to leave a lot of money on the table. All right. So we get fatigued and we're uncertain about it. Uh, the, the key action step at this point is to adjust your position. And the best way to adjust your position is a technique called if then. If then. All right. So you position it by saying to the other party, I can see how this was imp- this is important to you that you are able to get this. At the same time, it's equally important for us to accomplish this goal or to make a reasonable profit. Let me ask you a question. If we are able to do what you would like, then would you be in a position to help us receive X? If then, if we can do this, then would you be willing to do that? All right. Uh, and. They'll, in many cases, you'll get someone to say, okay, well, that's, let's talk about that. And then the last stage is the conclusion. At this point, you will feel a relief. You will feel a tension release. And the reason that happened was because you and the other person were able to compromise. You were able to compromise, and that is critical. So the Negotiations is not about you giving, giving, giving. It's about you giving and also receiving. That makes it truly a win-win. So there are several things that we are normally negotiating around. In sales negotiation, the definition uh, that I like is the process by which differences in price, deliverables, and terms and conditions are resolved in order to gain a customer commitment. So we're normally negotiating around the price of something, the deliverables. The deliverables are the things that they're going to receive for the money they give us and the things we're going to give them for the money we receive. All right. And last but not least, terms and conditions. Those are normally the three things that we're going to be negotiating around. Now, there is a sales paradox regarding negotiations. And as we said, negotiations is the process to resolve differences, which involve conflict. The problem is most of us fear conflict and we avoid it like it's a plague. But the key is this. If we aren't willing to engage in conflict, we're going to lose getting what we want. Without negotiation. So if you continually concede, 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 they're going to win and you're going to lose. Now, there are three criteria for when to actually negotiate. First of all, the customer indicates a conditional willingness to make a commitment. In other words, they're willing to make a commitment, but there's one thing holding it up. Well, I would be willing to commit uh, to buying your product if this was possible. All right. So a conditional indication, uh, excuse me, the customer indicates a conditional willingness to make a commitment. You've already discussed, secondly, price, deliverables or terms and conditions. They've been proposed. All right. And the customer 
raises an objection that you can't sell around. Now, one of the things I've noticed is in many times we are trying to negotiate when we should still be selling. All right. There's not been a a proposal. They haven't given a conditional willingness to, to move forward with us. There hasn't even been a presentation and we're negotiating. So sometimes we're negotiating when we should be selling. The other thing I've noticed is there are many times when we are still trying to sell when we should actually be negotiating. So keep that in mind, all right? Sometimes the customer raises an objection, and we need to just try to understand. We need to qualify that objection. We need to ask questions about it. Okay, so tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And why is that so important now for your company? Okay. And, And what do you feel the impact would be if you weren't able to get that? Listen, ask these questions and listen to what they say. And then based on the information you have prior to them bringing up whatever this topic or this issue is, ask them. I'm just curious. You mentioned prior to this five things that were critical to the success of your organization. How does this particular topic you just mentioned, how does that compare to the other five? Because in, in, it's possible the competition br- uh, brought in a particular topic they knew you would have trouble with, that you would struggle with, something that they possibly do better than your company. So now I want to find out, I want to gauge where does this one awesome topic it just came up with, how does it relate to the five that we've been talking about in the past? And one of the things I find out is by me repositioning them, they may realize, wow, you know what? It's not as important. So, and I say, okay, if it's not as important, is it something we, we really need to talk about? And sometimes they'll say, well, you know what? No, let's, let's continue on. Sometimes they say, well, it is important. Then I want to rank where it is in relationship to the other five. If it's number six and I can do the other five better than anybody else, I'm in good position. If it's number four and I can do the first three better than that, than anybody else, I'm in good position. But if number one, if it now becomes number one, this new issue, now it's time to negotiate. Now it's time to negotiate. So when we come back, we, we're going to take a short break. And but when we come back, I'm going to talk about the key to giving concessions so you don't give away the house, the farm, the boat, the kids, the dog. And how you can also make a reasonable profit. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and you're listening to me on the Voice America Business Channel. I'll see you on the other side of the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? 
Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about negotiations. And the title of this show is When Good Negotiations Go Bad. Okay, so before the the break, we were talking about uh, when to negotiate, uh, and we, were t- we identified that there are three criteria, all right? The customer indicates a conditional willingness to make a commitment. Price, deliverables, terms, and conditions have already been proposed, and the customer raises an objection that you can't sell around. All right, now, first treat it as an objection, and if it's it's real and you can't get around it, then it's time to negotiate. Now, when we start negotiating, there are some things that may come up that we call differences. So we want to talk quickly about ways to resolve a difference when they come up, and there are four primary ways to resolve the difference, and they all have some pros and cons, but the best one, the four ways really are make a trade-off, you can add an enhancement, you can split the difference, and you can just make a concession, which you give them what they want. The best one to use at all times, whenever possible, is to make a trade-off. And in making a trade-off with a customer, you give the customer exactly what it is they said they want. But then you also ask for something from them of comparable value to make it worth your while. All right. What that does is that preserves the balance of power. Okay. So you say, I'll give you A if you're able to give me B. You both get what you want. You both win. So that's making a trade off. That's the best choice for a win win. The other one is called add an enhancement. 
So let's say the customer asks you for something and there's just no way you're able to do that. Instead of giving the customer what they ask for, you try to add value to the proposal in some other way. All right. So let's say a consultant, uh, the, cl- the, the client wanted this consultant to reduce his fee for his consulting services. Well, the consultant does not want to reduce his fee because he cheapens his service. So instead of reducing his fee, he says, okay, I'm not in a position to reduce my fee. What I will do is give you an extra hour of consultation. So he didn't give them exactly what they wanted, but he gave them something of value. And the goal is this. You want to always give something that has high perceived value to the customer, but low, lower, or no cost to you. All right. So that's add and enhancement. And let's talk about splitting the difference. Splitting the difference is a very interesting. We all talk about it. We all do it. Uh, if you're working with a skilled negotiator, they will use splitting the difference against you. So, for example, let's say you have a widget that you want to sell me. You want to sell me the widget for $100. I want to buy the widget for 80 So we have a $20 delta or difference between us. So if I have been working with you in the past and I'm a skilled negotiator, what I'm going to say is, John, you know, we've been working together for a long time now, and I've really enjoyed working with you as well as your company. And obviously, you want to sell this widget, and I really want to buy it. The problem is we have a $20 difference. If there was just some way where we could both give so we could make this happen and it would be and we would both feel good about it. If there was just a way we could both give, what could we do? What could we do? I, as a skilled negotiator, I want you to get the smart idea. Well, hey, the fair thing to do is split the difference. And I want you to say that to me. Well, well, Ty, you know, I tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't we split the difference? Okay, so now as soon as you say let's split the difference, what has just happened is your ceiling was $100. But now because you were willing to split the difference, your ceiling is now $90. I'm still at 80 so what I'm going to do is stay at 80 and negotiate with you to get you lower than 90. Now, I may only get you another dollar or two dollars, maybe even three dollars be, be, below 90 dollars. But that's better than me splitting the difference with you at 90. So be extremely mindful to be the first one to offer splitting the difference, because keep in mind, splitting the difference does not have to be 50 50. I have split the difference with people where I gave 20, they gave 80, or I gave 40, they gave 60. So be mindful with that. The other concession is you just give it to them. You make a concession. You give it to them. All right? And and in in many instances, what I note with some of my participants in my workshop, we're just in the habit of giving everything away and not getting anything in return. And now my, my thought is this. Even when you give a concession, try to get something back for it. Try to get something back. All right. It may be a referral. OK, let me ask you something. If I'm you don't say I'll do it. 
say, let me ask you, I, I'll check on this, but if, if I'm able to give you this, then would you be able to give me three referrals? Get something back. All right. And if you are willing to just give it away without getting something back, let's talk about, um, making it look difficult. Don't just say, Oh, that was easy. Because I have to tell you, it's human nature for me and most people. If I ask you for something and you say, oh, that was a piece of cake, I can do that. I'm naturally going to ask for something else. But if you make it seem like what I asked for was a challenge and was difficult, I'm probably not going to ask for anything else. So even if it was something you were prepared to give away, if they say, well, I, I want you to also give me the X factor with your widget. Wow, the X factor also, huh? Wow. Um, I, I wasn't really prepared for that. Um, you know, I, I'm going to have to speak with my boss, but before I even call my boss, before I make the call, I need to know if we are able to give you the X factor along with the widget, then would you move forward today? Okay. That's, there we go again. The if then. Make it seem difficult. Use what we call the higher authority approach. And you always want to have a higher authority. There's always someone you need to confer with if necessary to make a decision. All right. So make it seem difficult. Pull out your calculator. But if you just say, oh, that was easy. Here you go. I'm going to ask for more and more and more. So I want to talk about some concession strategies. Some 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 uh, tips for when you do give uh, a concession. And by the way, understand this. Whenever you give something, you always want to try to give something with high perceived value to them, low or no cost to you. And we talked about earlier in the earlier show about just bundling stuff at the beginning. So, oh, as a part of our package, we give you this, 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 this. We give away 10 things, and they only cared about two of them. So the other stuff was wasted profit that's just gone. Okay, so rule number one in negotiating uh, with concessions, giving a concession, always start with your highest expectation. The majority of people go in low. And because the person said to you, okay, I'm just going to tell you right now, I just don't believe in negotiating. I don't have time to play games, so give me your best price. And if you don't give me your best price right up bat, you're history. You're out of here. And the reality is this. The majority of people don't expect you to give your best price at the beginning. That's just not good negotiations. But in many cases, they scared us to death. So we go in with our lowest price and they don't believe that's your lowest price. So they so they continue to negotiate with you. Right. So then instead of finding out where your floor is, now you are in the basement. And no one makes any money in the basement. So start with your highest expectation instead of going in with your lowest one. Also, if you have a situation where uh you have the power. We talked about in the first negotiation. That's power. You have power. If they are giving you concessions, you don't have to match each one that they give you. 
If you're giving concessions, try to get them to match each one. If they're giving you concessions, don't try to get them to match each one. I mean, don't 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 match each one that they give you. And I'll give an example. Uh, there was a lady that I trained. She went in to a meeting with a procurement person. I guess he had just come back from some uh, negotiation class. So he wanted to try all of his new tactics on her. And what he did was he gave her an extreme initial demand followed by a take it or leave it tactic. An extreme initial demand was he asked for something that was virtually impossible for her to do. And he said, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to waste your time or mine. Uh, I need you to give me 85% off on your product. And if you can't do that, you may as well just let that doorknob hit you as you walk out the door. Now, the first rule is this. Anytime someone gives you an extreme initial demand, you never counter it. You never counter it. You don't say, well, I can't give you 85 off, but I can give you 65 off. No. If they give you something that's ridiculous, I want 85 off, you know, and I, I might say to them, you know, I appreciate your sense of humor, even during the negotiations. Now, on a more serious note, what are you looking for? I don't even counter it. I recommend you don't even counter it because if you counter it, you just made the offer legitimate. All right. So he said, give me 85 off. If you can't do that, you may as well leave. So she knew she couldn't do it. So she got up to leave. And as she got up to leave, he realized he asked for too much. So he said, wait. And as soon as he said, wait, the power shifted. Now she was in control. So he gave up three concessions just to keep her interested before she gave up one. So don't match each one if you have the power. The other thing I want to mention also was um, don't give concessions unless you can link it specifically to something that's important to that customer. We talked about uh, on another show just throwing stuff at them. I can do this. I can do this. We can do this. We can deliver it overnight. We can, you know, no. Only give them something if you know it's valuable to them. All right? The next thing is make your concessions in small amounts. I've seen people when they when they're negotiating and they'll say, okay, we can give you a thousand off. 2,000 off, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000. What's next? 7,000. They're negotiating in two larger increments. And it's, and it makes me think as a consumer, as a customer, you have a huge, you have deep pockets. Okay. So instead of giving me a thousand off, why not $237? That's right, $237. Instead of giving me 2%, why not give me a half a percent? Make me earn everything that I get. And you will be amazed how much money you're able to keep in your pockets. And uh, once again, we are, (laughs) it's time to take another short break. This is just going by too fast. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patients. Let's sell something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, and we're on the Voice America Business Channel, and we'll be back in just a moment. When it 
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about negotiations. There's so much to negotiations, it's virtually impossible for me to cover it in an hour or even two shows. So what I want you to do is I want you to visit my online store at TyMaynardGroup.com. Click on online store, and I have an awesome 3 CD set with a workbook that will take you much deeper into this subject than I can ever do in this short period of time. I'm going to give you all I can, but that's something that you can listen to on a regular basis. You can also work in the workbook and it can help you hone these skills that we're talking about on this particular show. All right. So let's continue with some concession strategies. The last thing I said was make your concessions in small amounts. Don't give away everything in a large lump sum. Make them really eensy weeny. Uh, is that a word? Well, at any rate, I think you get the point. Next, keep track of the concessions you, you make. Hey, when you're in the throes of a negotiation and it's hot and heavy, sometimes we forget to take good notes. You want to make notes of all of the concessions you're making. Uh, and, 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 and stay with the game plan that you have. Because the last thing you want is to leave the consent, leave the negotiation feeling good about it. Then when you get back to your office, you look at everything you gave away and you realize you made no money. All right? So keep track of them as you go through it. 
And a lot of people aren't aware of this, but the next key, the next uh, strategy is is awesome because most people didn't realize you can actually withdraw a concession that you gave. So let's say for a moment we're negotiating and you say, hey, Ty, I want your I want your smartphone. Then I make it look hard. But then I give you the, the smartphone. But then you also say, I also want your tablet. Wow. OK, what I can do then is give you the tablet, but then withdraw my smartphone. You can't have both. <laughs> and what you find is in many cases that person, okay, that's all right. That's all right. Forget the tablet. Just I'll, I'll take the phone. Okay, then you then you close it. All right. So you can withdraw something that's already on the table if they then say they want something else. If they start trying to nibble on you, you nibble back. And another th- thing I've noticed is this: I've talked to many of my students, and I ask the question, say, how many of you, when you've done a proposal or whatnot with a client? You gave a number that was not correct, and the number would hurt you if you went ahead and sold your product for that. But you you went ahead and did it anyway, and you took you you, you took the pain. And in 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 every workshop I do in negotiations, I would say twenty twenty five percent say they made they made a mistake on a proposal and they just ate it. Instead of going back to the customer. So what I, my, my seventh strategy is, hey, listen, admit your mis- mistake. Go back and try to get your money. Show them how the mistake was made and try to make the correction. Now, you're going to have some clients that are going to say, because they like you, they like the relationship, they see how the mistake was made. You, amazing. You'll be amazed how many times you will be able to get all of your money back. All right. Instead of you just eating it and taking a loss, there are going to be some clients that's going to say to you, well, you know, Ty, uh, I appreciate it. But, you know, we made our budget based on the number you gave us. So we are not going to give you the whole thing back. We'll give you a portion of it. We will give you half of it. Well, half is still better than none. And then you're going to have some customers that are going to say, well, hey, Ty, I'm sorry, but it was your mistake and you're just going to have to eat this one. Well, in that case, what you want to do is you have to eat it. But they know in the future they will not get it at that same price. The price will go up in the future. So that's how you handle it. Don't be afraid to make a mistake because we, we're human. We all make mistakes. But go back and try to get your money. And and the last thing I'd like to say is watch your desire to be liked. Like I said, in negotiations, in negotiations, I'm not as concerned about you being liked as I am about you being respected. All right. So don't worry about being like sometimes there's going to be in most cases, there's going to be tension in negotiations. And that's not a bad thing. That's extremely healthy. That's very healthy. So let's talk about um, regarding how to handle different issues that can come up in negotiations. There are several different types of issues that can come up, right? We call them negotiating obstacles, negotiating obstacles. The first negotiating obstacle is what we call an impasse. An impasse does not feel good at all. As a matter of fact, it feels like it's the, the opportunity is not going to come to pass, all right? 
Now, don't confuse an impasse with a deadlock. A deadlock, we'll talk about in a second. True deadlocks are very, very rare. So if it feels like it's not going to happen, it's not going to work, there's a whole lot of tension, a lot of stress, you've probably just reached an impasse. And and the way to handle an impasse, we're going to use something called the set-aside technique. All right? And with the set-aside technique, basically what you're going to do is you're going to acknowledge to that other person that you have hit a sticking point in the negotiations. You've hit an impasse. Uh, then you want to establish reasons why it makes sense for both sides to persevere and hang in there. And then you're going to use the set-aside technique. All right, so what we want to do is create enough momentum by resolving some other issues first, and then we want to come back to the sticking point. So it's, it sounds like this. You know, Herb, uh, it seems like we've come to an impasse or a sticking point on this particular topic. Uh, at the same time, we have been working together so hard, and we've had such a great relationship. I'd hate to see it suffer as a result of this topic. What do you say we set this aside for just a few moments and talk about some of the other relevant topics and come back to this a little bit later? I would say 85% of the time, the set-aside technique works. So you want to pick something you can work through, get through, you build some positive momentum, and then you come back to the thing that you were having uh, some trouble with or you were struggling with. At the same time, you don't want to save that point, that sticking point to the end. Go away from it just long enough to actually build some momentum. The other topic is what we call a stalemate. Stalemates happen, and basically with a stalemate, you're talking, you just aren't making any progress. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not moving forward. And, and some of the ways to handle a stalemate, basically you want to change the location, uh, suggesting you continue the discussion over lunch, or you take a break and then come back at it. Sometimes if you're negotiating with a team, you may have to change the people on the negotiating team. You may even take a break and, and lighten it up a little bit and talk about March Madness, uh, uh, their hobby, something in the news or a funny story, and then come back at it again. Uh, you may change something in the specifications, the packaging, or the, the delivery method to see if that shift is going to make that person think more positively. But you got to change something. The one thing that's constant in order to get a stalemate moving again, there has to be some type of change. All right? Now, the one thing everyone uh, is concerned about, but they rarely rarely happen is the deadlock, the notorious deadlock. A deadlock is basically when both sides basically are frustrated and you see no point in talking further. Uh, in a deadlock, everybody loses. And in most cases, when a deadlock occurs, price, excuse me, pride, ego, or emotion has entered into the negotiations, and people get stubborn. And the only way, candidly, to handle a deadlock is to have a mediator. You have to find someone who uh, can come in and be the voice of reason to get the negotiations moving again. In a deadlock, 
everybody loses. Everybody loses. Okay. So I, they, I'll give an example. I think in, it was like in 2003, 2004, um, the, the NHL, the hockey league had a deadlock. And so not only did the owners lose, not only did the players lose, not only did the networks lose, but all of the restaurants that, that support the stadiums, they lost. Uh, the people that sold all of the souvenirs lost. Everybody loses. And basically the difference was, I think, $30 million. That's what stood between them coming to terms for the NHL league. Now, Hundreds of millions and billions of dollars were lost because they couldn't come to terms for 30 million. Now, they did bring in a, a mediator, but they brought in the wrong mediator. They brought in Wayne Gretzky. Now, he is an exceptional, he was an exceptional uh, hockey player, but I don't know how much he knows about negotiations. So it's key that when you bring in a mediator, you bring in someone who understands negotiations. Now, you can even bring in someone from your company. All right? So you may, may bring in a higher-level person from your company, but if you bring in someone from your company that's negotiating with, uh, excuse me, that's mediated between you and a customer, the customer is going to be wary of your executive. So your executive needs to bring in some type of concession to show that, He's going to be listening and working in good faith to bring this thing to a successful fruition for all concerned. So those are the three basically negotiating obstacles. You, you have uh, impasse, and the way we have it handled an impasse is we set it aside for a moment. We don't just keep digging, 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 going nowhere. Set it aside, try to cover some things that you can get through and build some positive momentum. What you'll find, as a matter of fact, is sometimes the thing that you the things that you cover may solve the problem that you were having. Okay? Now, and then we have the stalemate. Nothing's going on, so we have to change something. And with the deadlock, deadlock. We basically have to bring in a mediator. With a deadlock, nobody wins. And normally with a deadlock, pride, ego, emotion has entered into the situation. And it's, it's time for another short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network we hear it and read about it every day in the news america is heading over a fiscal cliff home prices are still receding and unemployment growing how can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about when good negotiations go bad. We're talking about how to be more proficient in negotiating so you can keep more money in your pockets. I'll never forget in my first job when I was 16, uh, my boss told me, he said, Ty, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And I remember that ever since then. Now, we have a short period of time left, so I'm not going to be able to get too deep in But I want to talk about uh, four particular negotiating styles that you are going to run into, and many of you have already run into them probably. Uh, so I'll talk about them and give you some highlights about them, okay? The first one is called the street fighter, and then we have the den mother, the pacifier, and the executive. Uh, the the street fighter is very businesslike. They believe in efficiency. They don't like to waste time. As a matter of fact, when you come in contact with a street fighter, you'll know it uh, because they don't want to get friendly. They don't want to talk about how was your weekend. So the best way to handle them, they don't like small talk. The best way to handle them is to just say, you know, Mr. Jones, I realize you're a very busy person, so I'm going to get right to the point. All right. In life, a street fighter would rather participate in activities than spectate. They don't want to watch. They want to get in. And their primary concern really is to win. They want to win. All right. You're going to find street fighters normally are the bad guys. There's an old tactic called the good guy, bad guy, and it's it's still alive and well. They're normally the bad guys because they don't care if you like them. As a matter of fact, they don't want you to like them. So they're going to beat you up, and then they'll let the good guy come back in and and patch things up with you. All right? So let's talk about the den mother. The den mother is very friendly and and open, and they're emotional, and they, they come across as fast decision makers. They appear to be unorganized and very spontaneous and the perfect the perfect uh example of a, a den mother i would say would be that detective that police detective from the 70s and 80s i think his name was colombo remember how colombo always looked like he couldn't find his pen he had the wrinkled 
uh, coat, raincoat on, couldn't find his pack, never could remember what he was about to say. But you knew if Columbo visited you twice, you're going to jail and you're going to be wearing stripes or blaze orange. So the den mother's job is normally to be the good guy. And the good guy's job is to build your expectations up. From the beginning, they're going to make you think they like you. They really want to do business with you and only you. And what are you going to do with all of the money you're going to make from this huge sale? They build up your expectations. So then you go and tell your boss you're going to win this thing. So he tells his boss you're going to win this thing. And so all of a sudden they say, okay, looks good. I just now need you to meet with my boss for just a moment. He has a few questions. So then the street fighter comes in and says to you, you want us to pay how much for this? You got to be out of your mind. You need to say no to drugs the next time they offer it to you. There's no way we spend this kind of money. So they walk away and you're just dejected. Okay. And then. The den mother says, oh, my goodness, I can't believe he said that. I am so sorry he said that. But don't worry. I have a meeting with him tomorrow. If, and I think you're still in it. But obviously, I'm going to have to offer him or provide him with some additional things. So I'm just curious. What else could you do to help him feel good about this? Well, I can give him an extra three percentage points. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. What else? Well, I can also give him uh, an upgrade. Yeah, yeah, that's good. They are picking your pocket right now, and that's a part of a tactic, all right? So that's the street fighter is the bad guy, and the dim mother is the good guy, and that's a part of the process. Then we have the pacifier. The pacifier is a very low-key person, very private person. Uh, they don't like to make assertive decisions. So what you'll find is the pacifier has a tendency to use a technique called the higher authority. They're going to always confer and say, well, you know, that sounds good, but let me talk to my boss and see what he or she has to say. Now, I have to tell you, in many cases, there is no one else. This person is truly the decision maker, but they want to give you the bad news and blame it on someone else. So they'll come back to you and say, well, you know, I spoke with my boss and man, I thought your proposal was really good, but they said that. No, that's just not going to work. That's not good enough. So what else can you do now? This is what I normally do with a higher authority. I always have my own higher authority. As I said at the beginning of the show, you always want to have someone else you can confer with as a higher authority. That's the best way to count it. Well, you know, my my advisors told me this is what we have to do in order to get, you know, our needs met. All right. So with the pacifier, they're low key, private, don't make sort of decisions. So they will always pass it on to a higher authority. And then we have the executive. This person is extremely analytical. They're extremely detailed. They're slow to make decisions and can be rigid in negotiations. All right. This person wants the, uh, all of the research you can give them, whereas the street fighter wants a pie chart. So the executive requires a tremendous amount of patience. But once they make a decision, they're ready to move forward quickly. They're ready to move forward quickly. So I would love to to cover more and I tell you there's so much more because I, I wanted to get into some of the the actual tactics 
that are being used like on on sales professionals and business professionals like the squish, the crunch, the big pot, the bogey, the vendor auction. Um, if you like this, send me an email. Let me know. And, and we may consider having a part three at some point to get into some of the other tactics and even the counterproductive tactics that are being used on you. In the meantime, as I said earlier, check out my website, uh, com. There's a link uh, on Voice America that'll take you there. Go to the online store and look at my audio CD set, Don't Take It on the Chin, Negotiate a Win-Win, three audio CDs and a workbook to help guide you through some of these things. All right? And it's a pleasure talking to you. Our time is almost up again. I can't. This is the fastest hour of my day. I hope you're getting a lot out of this. As I mentioned, our goal is to make a difference in your lives as a sales professional and a business professional. And I believe if we make a difference, the dollars come. So thank you again for tuning in. We look forward to speaking to you next week on Thursday. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And in the meantime, in the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something.